0: so it's like when you hear things that trigger that incident you are put back into that fight mode you're and it's like back
1: right into that yeah moment. yeah and,
0: and you're ready to kill and yeah. it just like it sucks to feel that way because you're like i don't want to live with this rage i don't like this isn't normal to me this isn't what i want and yeah. so from there, you know, I went to therapy and started my transition, my journey of healing and all of that. And this, like, this event was such a blessing in disguise because it's made me such a healthy person today. Welcome to the Conscious Leadership Podcast,
1: where soulful entrepreneurship and holistic mind-body wellness meet to help you heal, discover your soul's purpose, and change the world. I'm your host, Gabby Ortega, entrepreneur, psychology expert, social media maven, and soulful leadership coach, and it's my mission to empower you into becoming the light leader you're meant to be. Each episode will be diving deep into topics that will help you gain personal mastery over your healing and mind-body wellness, while also giving you practical tips and tools to help you create, market, and scale a heart-centered business around your soul's purpose and life mission. Whether you're in the beginning of your self-awakening journey or a seasoned inner work god or goddess who's ready to step into their leadership as a solopreneur, this is going to be your new favorite place to be. We know that you don't just want to feel happier and more fulfilled, but you want to deeply know yourself and powerfully step into your life's purpose while creating massive abundance around your mission. That's why I've created this podcast for you, the light leader of the next generation. Welcome home. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Ortega, and I am so excited to be joined today by Tara Newell. I actually met this goddess a year, I think a year ago, right? Like almost a year. And yeah, like a while back. And and she reached out to me on Instagram and I had no idea who she was, but she had this blue check mark and she had all this stuff going on. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll, I'll jump on. And I got to know her and I could not think of a better person to bring onto this podcast. Um, So let me introduce her. She has been called one of the biggest badasses in true crime. I 100% agree with this. Um, She actually killed Dirty John Meehan, a con man and serial predator in self-defense at age 25. So for those of you who are with us, who've been with us, we are a trauma-informed podcast space. Um, And so we are going to be diving into trauma and all of those different topics because that is also what Tara's specialty is. Um, And let me also say that uh, since then, she's shared her dramatic story on global platforms to raise awareness around domestic abuse. She's the heroine of episode six of the Dirty John podcast, and has been interviewed for Dateline, Dirty John, The Dirty Truth, Dr. Oz, The Skinny Confidential, KTLA, and numerous other outlets. She's currently a life coach working alongside criminal behavior analyst Laura Richards to pass laws against coercive control in the United States with already passing one in California. She's a total badass, you guys. Um, Tara also loves to help others with coaching and advocating uh, by advocating for victims. And so I am super, super honored. If you can't tell, I read that because there's so much to touch on there, as you can tell. Um, I'm just really honored to have you here, Tara. Thank you so much for taking the time to uh, hang out with us today.
0: Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm actually super excited to be here today because I admire and I adore you so much. And I just was looking forward to this more so than a lot of other podcasts, to be honest, because I'm just Yay! like I love you so much. <laughs> I love you. And you are amazing and you are such a great healer person and i just love how you transformed your life and how you share your story too and i just like commend that because you are amazing oh my god
1: i was not expecting you to be like loving on me today will be like a love best episode i think thank oh you <laughs> that,
0: oh
1: that really god. means so much
0: That's me. I'm like, I always love, you know, the energies that I align with, you know, and if I align with you, I want to give that love back to you. Oh, I love that. And and
1: really coming from so much trauma, so much um, pain and suffering and and chaos, like me too, like obviously not the same situation at all. But uh, I definitely relate to the idea of like, wow, you can go through really dark shit and come out the other end with a full heart. And I think, oh, yeah. um, you know, that's something that I think we forget that you can go through a lot of things and then go through some healing and find that heart, that love, that, that, I want to say that just that soft energy again, you know, because trauma does sometimes make us a little bit hard.
0: Oh, yeah. Especially like afterwards when you're getting all these triggers and you're like, what's happening right now? I feel like a monster, but I know that's not who I am. Like, what is happening, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I would love if you could just give us um, a little bit, share with us your story and where what you've been through. Um, because everybody who comes onto this podcast is usually a badass leader who has like their shit together, is doing great things. But it doesn't always start out that way. So um, fill us in on your background.
0: Okay, so I am an Orange County girl. We'll just say that because I was born and raised in Orange County. I um, am a huge animal lover. I've always worked with animals and stuff. Um, and my dog's with me here today I know, I was like, Yay. <laughs> Animals
1: are always welcome on the Conscious Leadership Podcast, always.
0: Oh, I love it. Well, he's just, well, he was with me in my attack. Uh, My mom married a psychopath, John Meehan, and it turned into a podcast, um, a documentary, um, several documentaries, um, a series, a scripted series with Connie Britton and uh, Julia Gardner and Eric Bana. And he, my dog, Cash, he was actually with me in my attack when I had to defend myself against my stepdad. So. We are extremely bonded and he's just always by my side and such a loyal dog. And well, he's an Australian Shepherd, a miniature Australian Shepherd. So those dogs are just like the most loyal, smart dogs They're, they know. And like he's looking at me right now because he knows I'm talking about him. But he's been my rock, my like stone through it all because there's been so many transitions and healing and he's just been my consistent you know and so animals are just so therapeutic but in the right circumstance because I mean I did take a while to get to the place where I'm at today and I had to go through a lot of steps and in this journey I realized that I went through so much um cptsd which is like childhood trauma and consistent like ptsd (laughs) and i laugh about it but it's not funny um
1: i laugh about it too and it's like it's funny how we're like oh
0: trauma (laughs) (laughs) but sometimes
1: it's like you have it's like just a release and you have to laugh to not cry about it
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, 100%. And I feel like with my therapist, I see my therapist every... Well, right now I cut down to every other week because I'm at a really good place in my life. And I feel like right now I'm just talking about random things where I'm like well not random things but more so just like boundaries with people and when I already know what to do and I'm establishing those boundaries and like every time it's like okay like establish this boundary with this person and it's like more so like okay give yourself a pat on the back Tara for doing that and I'm like okay but you know she still holds me accountable especially with relationships because I have a tendency to self-sabotage since I've also been in a lot of um, like coercive, like controlled relationships or just like bad, toxic relationships um, where I was hit by a car. Like I've been through so much trauma. You were hit by a car? Yeah, by one yeah. of my ex-boyfriends, uh, or not, He okay, so he was a typical, like, narcissistic um, relationship where he wasn't exactly my boyfriend, but he acted as if he was my boyfriend mm. and never, like, allowed me to be his girlfriend, um, but that wasn't something that we talked about because, you know, they have these boundaries with some of their... Victims, per se, where they're able to go see other girls because they're not technically with you, right?
1: Yeah, it's so kind yeah. of like the loophole, per se, of that situation. Yeah.
0: So oh, I've been wow. in toxic relationships uh, when I was little. My, um I actually know who it is now. Who tried to kidnap me, but someone came in my room, picked me up, and. My sister woke up and screamed, and he dropped me on the floor. So there's been a lot of trauma in my life. Wow. Yeah. But the Dirty John stuff just kind of helped it all come forward and made it realize and deal with everything. And, you know, when you're realizing that you have trauma and when you go through a combatic trauma like I did and you have combatic PTSD from that, then you go to, like, a state of hysteria sometimes yeah. where you get, like, triggers. Like, um when my dog would bark, I would freak out sometimes, mm-hmm. and I would literally have to be away from him because I would want to strangle my dog. And, um yeah. like, I never... Would do that, but you know I had to separate myself because I was pushed to be in fight or flight mode after having to defend myself and having to kill my stepdad and yeah. my attack. So it's like when you hear things that trigger that incident, you are put back into that fight mode, you're and thrown it's like back
1: right into that yeah, moment, yeah,
0: and you're ready to kill. And it just like, it sucks to feel that way because you're like, I don't want to live with this rage. I don't like, this isn't normal to me. This isn't what I want. And so from there, you know, I went to therapy and started my transition, my journey of healing and all of that. And this, like this event was such a blessing in disguise because it's made me such a healthy person today.
1: Yeah, wow, that's a really, really beautiful, powerful take on what you've experienced and something that I think promotes so much of what's called post-traumatic growth, right? This idea that can, not that we have to find meaning or the silver lining in things, but can we see can we can we create a uh, you know the story that we create around this experience? Can we make it an empowering one? Yeah. Versus something that destroyed us or broke us, or and maybe in some ways it did for a bit, but that can't be yeah. the dominant narrative, right? Like, how can we actually transmute this pain into our power, into our purpose, into helping others, serving, um, and through that healing ourselves even more deeply, which. You do now. I mean with this you're doing stuff with um with laws. Tell me about that.
0: Um, so I've worked with Laura Richards and um Senator Rubio with the California Law for Coercion and well like my mom was involved too, obviously, because um it was really all of our well, my mom and mine and Tanya, but Tanya is in a different state and doing her own stuff, uh, towards helping the cause. And um We, my mom got a hold of Senator Rubio and we just started talking about coercion and informing her what it is. And, um, basically it's non-abuse, um, but where this person is able to kind of manipulate you and, um, kind of control you but like with your mind more so um
1: yeah, so I like really psychological like, manipulation yeah so it's not like yes. outward hitting and like physical abuse that you can see but it's like this mind control knowing where your weaknesses yeah. are knowing how to work you so that you are attached and like really attached to the point of like that you think then things escalate I, I assume
0: yeah, exactly. And then, yeah. um, like one case, I like to give an example of, just because a lot of people have seen GOT, is when um, I, what is it, Rickoff? No, it was um, the guy who was um with Sansa Stark in the end that was the crazy guy, and he uh, kidnapped Theon, and he oh, yeah. him, and then he like whenever Theon would leave, he wouldn't be able to go because he was able he was coerced into staying into that state um where this guy obviously like tortured and abused Dion but just like the mental um ap- mental abuse that he did on him was coercive control Mm
1: -hmm. and we see so much of this um i was just watching the nexium documentary um with cults and cults and and people who use that same kind of coercion which is why cults are not necessarily like i don't i think there's some kind of thing that there's no law against cults or something like that but that because they don't there's no law because they're not like beating people outwardly or whatever it's that they're doing more of this coercive stuff and it looks like people are making their own independent choice to be there but really what's happening is a tremendous amount of gaslighting um Mm -hmm. manipulation Um, and, and what we now call coercion, which is as just as bad as physical being tied with chains, you know, being chained in the basement and locked in a door, physical abuse, things like that is someone manipulating your mind and making you feel so psychologically dependent on them that you're willing to tolerate and see abuse as normal or even healthy, or even like you deserve it. It's going to make you a better person. And that's like, yeah that's I think the worst, most insidious form of abuse because it is masked with you thinking that you're making these choices, that you're empowered in your decisions, but really you're not.
0: Yeah, and then a lot of these times, these guys are, I don't wanna say, more dangerous I want to say like equal but they can be more dangerous because they when you decide to leave and they lost control of you that's when they lose it and that's when you're more acceptable to be killed in these relationships like when you leave that's when they come after you yeah and I don't want to yeah I don't want to say everyone does that Um, But that is like, if you're a psychopath or a sociopath, or even sometimes a narcissist, sometimes there is a snap.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because ultimately that control is what keeps everything together. And then when they feel like they've lost that control, that's when the you know it, you're expendable that's when you know yeah. if i can't have you nobody can have you type of situation oh yeah um and we see this i mean I, you know we see this all the time with women in domestic violence situations um I, what really makes me so fucking pissed is when people go well she could have just left and it's like, oh yeah Ooh, it's a- I'm going to like lose it because like you have no idea what this kind of, um, control is like when you feel oh, like yeah. they, I, you know, and part of that the, the course of control is that there's isolation, right? They get you in, there's love bombing. There's all of this. Like I'm the best thing that's ever happened to you. Trust me, oh, trust yeah. me, trust me. Um, I know what's best for you. And then there's the, mm, your mom, whoever you're closest with, suddenly there's a problem. Ooh, oh, your yeah. mom is uh, controlling you, huh? oh, your best friend, has a lot to say about this thing. What do you, you know, seems like yeah. she's really this. Or lies, straight up lies about things that are happening to get you isolated and away from the people closest to you who are going to say, this guy's bad trouble or this girl's bad trouble. Like, isolation, and then they, they sometimes even manipulate things so that you're financially dependent on them and then it's all over. Then you're like totally dependent and then all of a sudden they turn and there's a point in time when they turn and then it's too late and it's like you're in there and it's, You don't have anybody to talk to. You're isolated. Now it's like, oh, I should make this work. I'm embarrassed because I kind of told all these people to fuck off and that they didn't know what they're talking about. And now it's not good. And now I have to make it work. And then before you know it, it's like 10 years down the road and you're being regularly abused because it doesn't start off with like big things. Usually it's like small incidents. And then it's like a lot of like, I'm so sorry. Oh my God, I never meant that. And then another bigger thing and then a bigger thing and then a bigger thing. And then you decide to leave and then a snap and that's that is if you look at the research that is usually the trajectory for those kinds of personalities Mm -hmm. sociopaths psychopaths and sometimes even you know extreme narcissists
0: yeah like a true narcissist like Mm -hmm. people like throw around the word narcissist i feel like too loosely thank you (laughs) (laughs) there's criteria you guys for what
1: there's narcissistic qualities that someone can have and there's full-blown narcissistic personality disorder which let's not convolute the two
0: Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, you can have narcissistic traits because everybody has narcissistic traits. Yeah. Um, and that's normal because you have to find the balance of um, having too much empathy, you know, and having mm-hmm. boundaries is good. And sometimes that comes off as having a narcissistic trait when, you know, that's actually having a healthy balance.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And well, I think that sometimes like you obviously need to check your ego and be like, okay, like, am I coming off like too much? Like, is this my ego talking and like always hold yourself accountable, but that's actually what helps you from not being a true narcissist is having like empathy or just like having um, a conscious
1: yeah. Yeah. I think, and I agree with you that there, you know, there's healthy narcissism, right? There's narcissism yeah. that we have that keeps us alive. Like if we yes. like, it's like, don't go down that dark alley at night by yourself. Bad things might happen. That's like technically narcissism. Cause you're like thinking about yourself only and you're like focused on what's going to happen to you. But like, that's healthy narcissism. We need to yes. have like be real with ourselves a lot of times and kind of be like, okay, what's going on with me to be healthy. But that key element is that, you know, that empathy, you feel things for other people, you do identify with other people's emotions and struggles, and you can put yourself in someone else's shoes. Um, But we all have narcissistic traits and that's like a part of life, but definitely let's not confuse the two because, you know, sometimes with the personality disorder um, group, it can be a dangerous group of individuals who don't necessarily know that they're even dangerous.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, part of, like, narcissism, I feel like they don't know that they're a narcissist, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. (laughs) You're like, oh, well, you can't argue with them either because they're always going to try to win that conversation. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And you're like, okay, well... But with a lot of my clients, I have to kind of tell them, well, first of all, I'm not a therapist and I'm not a licensed therapist. I am a coach and I am a trauma and toxic relationship coach. So I let them know that I am a coach. I am not licensed, um, but I do know heck of a lot more than a lot of um therapists out there i believe yeah and you've (laughs) also lived through it so the
1: idea that you like you can communicate in a much different way to your clients because you're like yeah like i live this i understand what's going on in your head what's going on in your body like that is so key to i think the healing that happens with with clients in any context
0: right yeah and um i think that i've done so much research and books and just, like, everything, like, it's so funny, like, someone talked to me about um, cluster B personality disorders, and she was, like, oh, um, my ex was a cluster B personality disorder, I was, like, well, that statement is confusing to me, because, um, which, one is he? <laughs> and then she asked me if I was, um, if I knew about the cluster B personality disorder. And I said, well, I am very familiar with a lot of DSM um, diagnosis and, you know, from the handbook. Yeah. Um, but I don't know them all. I'm going to be honest, but I am very I familiar with the cluster B section because that is what I've had experience in. Yeah. Um, but to say if, Someone has a problem with um, a psychopath or a borderline personality person. It's so different how you deal with those people because I feel like borderline people, they don't really choose to be that way a lot of the times. Yeah, yeah. or like it's usually stems from
1: experiencing a lot of like a significant amount of trauma. You know, it's 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 how you develop that. Actually, like these personality disorders, I want to point out. um, I'm not an expert in them as well. Usually, you have people who specialize. I know some things, but a lot of this stuff stems from trauma. And we're and this is all about trauma, right? Like so, the narcissistic personality disorder, the borderline personality disorder, they all come from, um, the like the psyche splitting. And going into defense mode, because as children, there's stuff going on that is overwhelming, painful, abusive. Um, And so for us, our personality is like our brain doesn't know what to do with all of that. And so I got split and either don't have any feelings or connection at all. We cut off the empathy because if we feel feelings. We're going to annihilate. We're going to die because it's too overwhelming. Um, We're experiencing too much pain in our childhood. So that's where narcissism comes from. Our narcissistic personality disorder, because it's like for survival, I cannot connect with the individuals in my life, my caregivers, because they are dangerous and they cause me pain. So I'm not going to feel anything. That's really, that sucks. Right. And then, and then to grow up as an adult and not be able to feel what, what that empathy is like, which is beautiful, it's painful, but it's also like what makes us human, you know, is really, I feel like so sad. And then we have borderline, which is a different version of that, which is like the attachment is so ruptured and, you know, from the chaos that happens to us early on that we have split into this like, uh all good all bad kind of persona and um we we're so worried about um, people leaving us and abandonment Mm -hmm. rejection that the way that we end up behaving is it it just doesn't serve us but really what's ultimately underneath it is a childhood of just rejection and abandonment and, and abuse and wounding and you know um that's where that the brain just develops in a certain way to protect you you know? Yeah. And so, um, and that's what happens. And then we have these DSM diagnoses to better understand it, but I don't want, I think there's also a stigma against these personality disorders. Obviously bad things happen sometimes with people who have personality disorders, but it's, it, it all, it all is around trauma and that's the yeah. big message. It's like trauma begets, trauma begets, trauma begets. It keeps going and going and going and going in cycles until we stop it. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, To be honest, if I have a client, too, and they're dealing with one or the other, with a narcissist, I'm like, okay, no contact, like, hold your boundaries, this and that. But if we're working with someone that's borderline, I'm like, you have to have boundaries, but you still have to let them know that they're loved Mm -hmm. and that, you know, that you're still there for them. And you just have to figure out how to have a healthy relationship where, you know, when they lash out that it's not anything to do with you but they still have that empathy and you know so I think that we just have to figure out healthy boundaries with those ones and establish no contact and everything else with the true narcissists psychopaths and you know they, do, the do antisocial work with, ones do you work with a lot of those clientele um so well I have a few clients that um one is borderline and one is bipolar, mm-hmm. but I have a lot of clients where their family members are borderline or bipolar mm-hmm. or say their dad is a narcissist and, mm-hmm. um, he may not be that bad of a narcissist. Like there's different levels of narcissism. He is probably like a benign one, mm-hmm. but, um, I have to like help her hold boundaries with him and realize like when he does something that it's nothing to do with her and then get her to a healthy place where we just have a healthy balance of that. And um, she's, you know, because people still want to have relationships with their parents and I just want to make that able to happen with healthy boundaries, Mm,
1: I love that. And I love that you work with um, clients that I think, you know, I've been around other therapists. I'm a th- therapist, you know, not really working and practicing in therapy anymore, but I was a lot in those spaces and in the psychology space with some psychologists and things and colleagues and people I know. And it's interesting because, you know, you have one concept of healers in this mental health space who have gone through school and are educated and have empathy and compassion. And I'm sitting in a room with people who are my colleagues and they are basically making fun of people with personality disorders, saying things like, oh don't let don't see a borderline don't don't you don't want a borderline patient just like whatever you do if you see them in your application like get them referred out refer them out um they're so difficult there's so much like you don't want to work with them or if you get a narcissist or somebody who like seems like they're sociopathic or pathological that way um run don't see them they're you know all these things that i'm sitting here like with a father who has borderline um personality disorder um i'm like wow fuck you guys um that is not okay like we do we take a you know an oath to do no harm and to provide service and healing for as many people as possible in the in the capacity as a therapist not as a coach and so it's kind of like How can you say that? So the fact that you're like, you know what? No, I, this is who I work with. I understand there's like, I get the trauma. I get what they're talking about, where they're coming from. I understand this population and I want to be there. Even though there's a like group of trained fucking professionals who literally (laughs) I can put you in a room with a hundred people. One person will say that they will work with that population. And it's the, the most frustrating thing as someone who survived trauma myself to be like, wow, okay.
0: See, I'm down to work with psychopaths because I want to understand and I want to gain knowledge and I want to, like, I feel like the more knowledge you have with something, the more you're able to help other people. You may not be helping that psychopath, but you may be helping their victims.
1: Mm, mm -hmm. Oh, damn. Yes. Truth right there. (laughs) So... I would love to know, um, obviously, you know, you've gone through some really horrific traumatic stuff, like not just the Dirty John stuff um, and and the attack on you and your mom and all of that, but also childhood stuff. You were kidnapped, yes. attempted kidnapping, like hit by a car, toxic relationships, abusive relationship type of situation. When did you feel like you... I think you said it was really at the end of the Dirty John incident, but like what moment, I guess, do you have a moment or like, when did you realize that, you know, it was kind of time to jump into facing this stuff? Because I think that's really, a lot of people are like, oh my God, I have so much shit. I am, I don't know when it's going to be the right time. So how did you know it was the right time?
0: So, um, I was in a relationship. I was with this person for five years and Um, it was probably like at year three or four and you know I was very trauma bonded to him not because he was toxic in a sense but because I was trauma bonded to a um, narcissist beforehand and I got hit by the car and then I met Jimmy and then he would walk me to my car like every day and so he became a safe person so I was like he was my safe net and whenever he would leave oh well this relationship like started fast and he literally moved in two weeks into a relationship just like gradually but he would stay there every day yeah. and I didn't know how to tell him like no you can't stay here and my mom didn't either so he just like kind of came and lived with us and yeah. he you know he's so nice he is so sweet Um, but I started to freak out when he would leave me because it was my safe. D leaving me Mm -hmm. and I didn't feel safe unless he was there and so there was obviously a lot of stuff that happened from that I would get jealous and I would just I was not secure in my relationship and you know there there are a few things that he did to make me not feel 100% secure but I'm not focusing on him. I'm focusing on me and what I needed to do. And I just realized that, like, this isn't normal the way I felt. And he would also just, like, be like, you know, call me out for it. And, um, you know, I would call him out for stuff, too. But, like, I needed to focus on myself and my healing. So I started to go to therapy. And... um have more realizations um, of what happened throughout life, um, mm-hmm. but I really never connected the dots until the incident because I went through EMDR therapy after um, my attack and everything, and it kind of just connected the dots with everything. Oh, wow! And I was just like, Oh, like. I was trauma bonded to Jimmy because he made me feel safe because I literally met him right after I was hit by a car. Mm-hmm. And then um he came the day after when I was in the hospital for, like, the Dirty John stuff, so that was a relationship that was really hard to let go of, and when I went through EMDR, I realized, like, why it was so hard and stuff, and because I was trauma-bonded to him, and I, that's really hard to let go of your safe person, um, and, no matter like, you know, what stage they are in their life. And I'm not a narcissist. I don't want to keep this person in a cycle or anything. Like it was literally, I was glued to him just because he made me feel safe. Yeah, and that. yeah. And it's like, it took, like, he was there after my attack and he took care of me. And so like, that kind of pushed him into being my safe person, even though we weren't like technically together. Mm -hmm. And so there was three years that I really needed to let go of this person and being, there was a limbo. And to be honest, that relationship, him holding me accountable and having those realizations in that relationship, that made me move forward in Mm -hmm. things because, um, you learn a lot of things from your parents you learn a lot of things from trauma and how you act in relationships is based on the patterns that you have learned in everything mm-hmm. so i brought all those unhealthy patterns into my relationship and then had those realizations
1: oh wow so it sounds like you wanted to like you found that like what what was coming through for you was you know like prolonged trauma like responses in the form of like you know little things like being like really jealous or like being like you know oh my god like insecure around the relationship or around like what was happening because like that's how that expresses itself that fear of like please don't leave me that you're my safe person you know like you know that is such a normal response to have I think especially after such a trauma bond of like you wake up and this person's there to take care of you um but also sounds like he kind of was a cat is for helping you take some responsibility over you know what happens next for you you know and and that really opened up the door for your healing
0: oh 100 percent. because I realized that my healing wasn't revolved around him or him being my safe person it's everything to do with me and my relationships with other people and um you know trauma especially when you're having major your triggers it's something you really need to get a hold of and I'm like I'm laughing but it's like I see I don't want to laugh because I'll actually I'm like I'm gonna cry because um, (laughs) I'm like I watch tv shows and there will be a scene where someone has like a ptsd flashback Mm. and it's just like um there's been times where I've seen programs where this person on the show they, they're like contemplating suicide yeah. and it's like exactly like that it's like when yeah. you have those triggers sometimes it brings you to a really bad place yeah. and I feel for everyone that has triggers because I want them to know that they can heal from those and when they have a trigger like when I have a trigger now it's like okay I notice it it's there and then it's moving on and, yeah. you know, in the past that didn't happen and with good work doing EMDR therapy, I believe strongly in EMDR It's amazing. and just like, yeah, holding yourself accountable, having like a mentor or some, a therapist, someone that aligns with you and actually holds you accountable though. Uh, you need someone like that in your life. And then that's how you continue to grow. And you just like, I feel like growing is just continuous you have to just keep growing in the best way possible
1: oh i love that thank you for sharing your vulnerability with us it's powerful because um, i relate so much to that there are times where i too it's so funny i will watch like tv shows and i'll actually fast forward um past like like points where people are very depressed or people are going through a really, really dark place or they're contemplating suicide being there or like, you know, myself, like it's very triggering to like see that and to remember, oh my God, like, yeah, like that's so real for me still. Like that can, it's so easily still there, you know, even though we heal, it's like we're, we're constantly going to be triggered and maybe triggered less over time as we do more healing, but that they'll always be there because, we've gone through shit and that shit isn't going to erase itself from our body and mind completely. We can do all kinds of healing. But at the end of the day, we still have our memory. We still will never yeah. know like someone could touch me in the wrong way at the, you know, at some random place on the shoulder and I will go into like a full anxiety attack. Like, I don't It doesn't happen every time. I don't know what like it's, yeah. like, it's every random, you know. And I have such deep empathy for anybody as well, like you said, who's going through triggers, who, who's suffering or, or healing from PTSD or complex PTSD, being attacked, um, or yeah. being in an abusive relationship, because this stuff is hard. It's really hard. And, and it's, it's not you. It's not that it's taking you forever or something's wrong with you. You're going to be broken forever anything like that. It's just hard it's hard work but you Mm -hmm. can get on the other end of it and it seems like after you know you've really done this healing that things have just like like taken off for you and you're thriving and helping so many other people which I think is just incredibly beautiful given you know everything you've gone through and now sharing that wisdom with your clients well
0: thank you I've always been that type of person that volunteers and like feeds the homeless and just like does little things for free. And I'm like, my mom would get mad at me and I'm like, how can I help people? But like make a living out of it too. And so I'm just like, I feel like I've stepped into this place of my true self being.
1: I love that. So Tell us what's next for you do you have like plans what's coming up in the next like year where can we find you where can we hang out with you because i like after you listen to this episode i'm sure you're like oh my god i want to learn more this person's so freaking fascinating so where can we find you what's going on for you this year
0: um so i actually have a retreat coming up april 9th through 11th and it's a toxic relationship trauma retreat um i need people to sign up um to be honest so that i can break even with my speakers um you have amazing speakers i was like damn like who's gonna be in this tell everybody i know okay so it's dr judy ho she's from um the Doctors. she is amazing she has lots of videos on med circle if you ever want to check them out um she love her so much she is just amazing she's a personal friend too um then i have dr judith joseph from dr oz and um she is a Licensed psychiatrist and she talks about um meds with trauma and like basically anything you want to know with like meds.
1: (laughs) Which (laughs) is like honestly, let's let's talk about it because like med I think like I'm holistic, but I also like I'm like pro medicine as well. Like we can definitely use all the tools we can get as far as I'm concerned. Like everything we can get, let's take it for trauma.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm like I love holistic approaches too but there was a time in my life where I had to be on PTSD medication and it was so helpful for that time period but when I got to a good place let's just say I wanted to wean myself the heck off of it (laughs) same experience definitely Yes. Um, with, you know, your therapist, talk to them, wean yourself off because um Yeah, don't do any jump. self
1: like diagnosing and medicating
0: and unmedicating or anything. Yeah. I'm like, this is really where you need some license for that area. Mm-hmm. Um and then um I'm having Steffi, super food goddess. She's talking about nutrition and healing the body with trauma and she's also been in a toxic relationship, so she might give some insight on how she healed about that then I have my friend Lacey she is amazing oh my gosh she like I need to connect you guys too Um, yes she she was kidnapped and um with her friend Sarah and I think it was a gang initiation but I don't want to like say too much because you know this is her story um but she is just like a superwoman she survived a kidnapping and she speaks about healing and trauma and just like um she is super into the body and she has Talks about endometriosis. I don't know if I said that quite right. But she is just amazing. And she's talking about her survival story and how she healed from it or her healing process now. Because healing is a constant thing. And um, who else do I have? Oh, I have Anna Rose. She's doing a dating detox. I love her because she's really Right? She's held me accountable with so many things in my personal life. Then I have Christina Rendon. She is doing guided meditations and ending it with, like, a trauma-based meditation. And then I'm starting the day, well, Saturday and Sunday with – my favorite yoga instructor Skylar yoga and um she is amazing I go to yoga every single day and she's one of my main instructors and so because trauma lives in the body so we need to really work with the body Mm -hmm. oh and then I have um Josie Charles narcissist sociopath awareness too I think but she is amazing um Evan Rachel Woods has been reposting a lot of her stuff lately um, because she talks about um, narcissism and she's like she has a huge page for it but she's been on my podcast too and she really has a lot of insight and is a great coach so I have a lot of people yeah
1: you have like every And it's like mind, body and spirit. And like, I can't think of a better holy trifecta of trauma healing to, oh my God, to invite into your day. Thank you for putting that together.
0: Thank you. I mean, if I get more people to sign up, then I would add more speakers. Yeah. Um, but I'm at the point where I'm like, let's sign up, get this healing done. Um, yeah, guys, go get go get in on yeah. this. We'll like
1: definitely get this out before um, your your retreat so you can get some people to get their um, hands on some tickets, because this is really, really big. Like I saw your speakers and yeah. I was like, holy shit, um, it's going to well, be I'm awesome, like- you guys.
0: I've literally paid like $1,400 for like retreats like this, and I'm selling it for $425 right yeah, now. Yeah, I was like, like once again, $425. This is still, yeah. It's amazing. You know, so, coaching. where can we get more
1: information yeah. on signing up for this retreat and for like following you and all of that?
0: So, um, you can get more information by emailing me at Tara Newell Coaching at gmail.com. It is T E R R A. N-E-W-E-L-L coaching at gmail.com. Or you could DM me on Instagram. I am Tara Newell on there and I'm most active on Instagram. And then I also have a Twitter, Tara underscore Newell. And then my podcast is Time Out with Tara. You could follow on anywhere where podcasts are available. And then you'll, and
1: if you scroll back in her podcast history a little bit, you'll see our episode um, from a while back, which was like just when I first got started, actually, and I was so nervous to do podcasts. So I like, thank you for inviting me on your podcast and um, thank you for joining us here and sharing about, you know, you, your story, your leadership and how you've really taken such, um you know, such an incredible life. And instead of allowing it to really um, dictate how you feel about yourself or like in in a bad way or take you down a road where you're out of control, you really like took control, um, you know, and created like just something so beautiful from that. And I think it's such a great mirror for what, to hold up to to what we can do if we've gone through trauma and we, we decide to choose to go through the healing process is that, we can really make life work for us, not to us, and feel so much more empowered. Um, so dive in there, you guys. It's worth it. Is it worth it to, like, dive into the healing even though it's painful?
0: Oh, yeah. No, I have a client right now. She is doing EMDR, and she says it, it's hard right now, but she's like, but I'm, like, processing through so much, and it's helpful. So like, you know, know when you're going through that, it's helpful and there's a light at the end of the tunnel
1: absolutely ah love it well thank you so much for joining us tara and we will leave all of her information in the uh uh, notes at the bottom and um join her on instagram she has a really beautiful community there go to her retreat go get learn some stuff from some amazing people go get coached by her and get some support um, and get more of her in your life because she's just incredible thank you so much tara and uh we will see you all next week
0: thank you (laughs) bye
1: And that's our episode for today, guys. Thank you so much for joining us at the Conscious Leadership Podcast. I'm so excited. This next year, 2021, is going to be huge. We have so many guests that are coming on that you're going to love. I'm going to be doing some more solo casts and ohm therapy coaching. We have so many things rolling out for you. Retreats, another round of Ignite starting in May, another one starting at the end of the summer, a mastermind, and so many other things. So be sure to stay tuned with us on Instagram, follow me at coaching, and stay tuned for so much goodness coming up. As always, I would love to hear your feedback. Head over to iTunes and leave us a review and I would love to give you a free copy of my Subconscious Reprogramming Workbook and that is absolutely free. Just send me a screenshot of your review and on Instagram and I will be so happy to send that over as my gift for you. And I am sending you so many hugs, so much love and I hope I hope that this week you are able to find just a little bit more joy in your life. Have a good one, guys.